As we've mentioned uh, a number of times before, one of the biggest mysteries in the Bible is that of the Trinity. One God existent in three eternal and distinct personalities, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's hard to really wrap our brains around, but that's okay because he's God. And he is just off the charts in a thousand different ways. Amen? We're, we're just never going to... He, he doesn't fit our grid. He's so much higher, so much more above. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. His being is more than our little brains can handle. Right? But one of the earliest references that we have to this mystery goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. I like this. Then God said, let us, interesting, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Right? In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 3, uh, beginning of verse 16, we read, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. There, again, we clearly see all uh, three distinctly present at the same event. Now, it's not my intent today to try to prove the Holy Trinity or to explain the unexplainable. Uh, for our purposes in our study in John's Gospel, what I want us to see, first of all today, is that these three, although co-equal, seem to have assumed different roles as far as the plan of salvation as far as the redemption of the human race. So not only three distinct personality, but different roles that they assume. For example, Jesus, the Son, right, is the one who wrapped himself in human flesh in order to offer himself as the sacrifice for our sins. That was his role, okay? And while Jesus walked on earth, he said... I don't do according to what I want. I don't, I don't speak according to what I want. I only do and say the things that the Father shows me. Okay? So, so we see the Father's role as one of ultimate authority and administration. Right? It's His will that is over all. Jesus came under that will. He, he um, became subservient to the Father, though co-equal, right? He assumed that role as as an example, right, to the rest of us. Um, the Father's will being being overall. So uh, then you have, on the other hand, the Holy Spirit, who provided the divine energy that allowed Jesus in human flesh to work miracles. Luke. Chapter 4, verse 14, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Okay? Again, co-equal, different respective roles, working together in perfect unity 
and harmony to bring about this awesome plan of salvation. And now still, after Jesus' death and resurrection um, and his ascension into heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit continue to have different roles uh, in, in not only getting people saved, but in the lives of us as believers. And, and that's really kind of the focus. Um, but for example, uh, it's the Holy Spirit's role, Jesus says in John 16, 8, to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He is the one who helps you and I in our hearts to understand that we've sinned against a holy God, Okay, that we need a Savior. I'll never forget, at 14 years old, when my friend Joe, uh, the piano and organ guy, uh, shared the gospel with me over the course of a couple of weeks. I'd never heard. The closest I ever heard was Linus uh, in the Christmas story, right? In the Peanuts Christmas story, sharing about the birth of Jesus. Otherwise, I knew nothing about the gospel. But he talked to me about Jesus and how Jesus came and, and took my sins on himself and died on the cross for me. And, and he shared this with me. And I, I was bi so biblically illiterate, never went to church as a kid. Uh, I went once and finger painted while my parents were in the service. So that's all I knew. So uh, he, he, he shares the gospel with me over the course of time. And then he says, well, Ron, are you ready to receive Jesus as your own personal Savior? Um, and, and immediately there was this struggle going on in my heart. Receive Jesus as my say, what am I getting myself into? You know, I still didn't understand it all. But in that moment of wrestling and what is this going to mean for my future and what am I doing with deep down in my heart, there was this sense, this is true. This is what you need to do. That, that wasn't me. I, I, I didn't get it. it. It wasn't up here, right? That was the Holy Spirit telling me, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Um, we, we, we've said this before. You and I cannot reason anybody into the kingdom. We can answer some questions Maybe we can help them through experiences that we've had, but it's our job to share the good news of Jesus. It's our job to, to lovingly and respectfully give people the facts that God loves them and that Jesus came and bore their sins so that they could be reconciled to God and, and all of that, and we share that. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to make it stick. He's the one that convinces people this is true. This is right. Okay, That's his role in all of this. Um, once we're saved, what does Jesus tell us to do? He tells us to pray to our Father in heaven. Right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Pray this way. Pray to the Father. Pray in my name. Right? So again, the Father retains this overall authoritative Role. This overall, he's the one who administrates the whole plan. It's, it's his will. Okay? His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Right now, Hebrews tells us that Jesus, on the other hand, ever lives to make intercession for us. You know that right now, Jesus is praying, interceding before the Father on your behalf and mine. How can he pray for us all at once? He's Jesus, right? <laughs> he can do that. But that's his role. He is, he is the intercessor before the Father. Because you know, the Bible talks about there's, 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 there's a, a, another role which Satan has, who's the accuser of the brethren. Right? Well, look what they did, and look what they thought, and look how they messed up, and look at this and this. And Jesus says, Father, they're covered by my blood. Right? He is that intercessor for us. And as far as the Holy Spirit's role, once we're saved, once he's drawn us, right? Uh, we started looking at a couple of weeks ago. He is called, Jesus called him, our helper. Paraclete in the Greek, the one who comes alongside. We, we, we kind of talked about that. Have you ever had a job that was just too big and someone came to help you? They came alongside, right? Actually inside, in, in looking at the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us to help us. He's the helper. He helps us in so many ways. Because he is in us, though, connected at such a deep level, spirit to spirit, way down deep, right at the core of our being, he is the one who communicates with us from God. Right? We talked about that. He helps us to learn, to grow, to understand. Okay? That's, that's his role. Uh, John 14:26. Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. First of all, the Holy Spirit is sent in Jesus' name. Anybody get a, a, a fruit basket or any flowers for Christmas, anything like that? Anything that a company sent you with a little card to let you know who sent it, right? Okay? What are, the, what are they doing? That, that florist or that company is sending you something in the name of the person that bought it, right? So similarly, it was Jesus who bought our salvation, our redemption on the cross, right? And the blessings of God... Uh, have been opened to us because of Jesus' sacrifice. And one of the hugest blessings there is, is the Holy Spirit sent to live in us. He is sent in Jesus' name because Jesus was the one who made it all possible. Right? Thank you, Jesus. So, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, what will He do? He will, number one, teach us all things. He will teach us all things. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Think about it for a minute. There is someone... 
right? Who has been tasked with teaching us about God and about us and about life and about what to do and about what not to do and about the promises and provision that God has made for you and I as believers in this world. We have someone tasked with helping us to learn that and to understand those things so that we can walk in them, so that we can take advantage of them. So we can appropriate those promises into our lives so they can bear fruit in us. There is somebody whose job that is. I I have heard uh, a number of times people say, well, I just can't understand the Bible. Hmm. I tell them, well, then quit relying on your own brain. Don't rely on your own, lean not on your own understanding, right? You you think I'm any smarter than you? Wait, don't answer that. (laughs) No, I'll tell you, I'm not. You know, a lot of you are way smarter than I am. But I'm not looking to my pea brain to grasp what the Word of God means. I'm leaning on the Holy Spirit to give me understanding. The same Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us who have received Jesus Christ as Savior. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, since he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Without the Holy Spirit, we're lost. We can't grasp the truths of the Scripture. Even John 3.16, For God gave His only begotten Son that whoso... We can't really get that without the Holy Spirit's help. That's how we get saved. That truth is illumined to our hearts by the Spirit, and we respond to Him in faith. That's that's the Holy Spirit. The natural or non-born-again person is not able to understand the Bible because they don't have the Holy Spirit. But if He lives in you, you do. You do. As you and I read God's Word, and yeah, you kind of have to read it in order to understand it. (laughs) Right? And read it with a desire to understand it. You, you, you following me there? I, I, I've been through this with my kids, with my grandkids. You're, you try to teach them something, right? Show them uh, how to do something, and you know they're not really paying attention. That they're not really interested. They're looking away. They're looking at this or that, and you're, you know, trying to pour into them, and and they would rather do something else or whatever. What do you do? Well, for me, I walk away. Right? If, if you're really not interested, why am I wasting my time in doing that? And it's the same way. If we're, you know, coming to the scriptures in, in order to get our, our 10 minutes in or our 15 minutes in, say, I read today, you know, that, that doesn't do anything. I think of, of Daniel who um, fasted and prayed that he might understand the vision that God had given him. The prophet, he got a vision. He said, I don't get this. So he began to fast and pray, and God sent an angel right, to him to give him the interpretation of the vision. 
And, and the angel said to him, as soon as you hit your knees, basically, to gain understanding, your words were heard and I was sent. Okay? So as you and I read with a desire to understand, God, I'm not getting this up here. Show me what this means. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Now that I understand that you're here for me to help me understand, teach me this. What are you saying? Okay? And it's, I, I will say this, that, that every time I open the Bible is not an aha moment. I get a lot of aha moments. And sometimes I get aha moments as I'm driving down the road, and sometimes I get aha moments when I'm listening to a song, and sometimes I get aha moments when, when we're in Bible study and I'm hearing from this person or this person over here or, or just a conversation with one of you and, and you bring something to light that I didn't, boom, aha, you know, the understanding uh, comes by the Holy Spirit's grace. Um, even even the, uh, the big names of old will tell you that... Uh, in, in all their years of Bible study and meditating on the Word of God, it wasn't this big, you know, fireworks going off all the time, every day, wonderful, you know, thing happening. Sometimes you and I are just getting it in us. Uh, I'll never forget several years ago, probably 25 years ago, I, I had opportunity. I can't remember what position he played, but I know he was on the Buffalo Bills football team before I really even know who the Buffalo Bills were. And uh, he, was, he was a fellow believer, and I was visiting somebody, and they were a friend of theirs. And uh, so um, he shared with me uh, a revelation that the Holy Spirit had given him. You know the account in the Scripture where Jesus changed the water into wine. Okay, we, we're all kind of familiar with that. So here is Jesus at the wedding. They've run out of wine, and, and they have these, these uh, empty vessels um, that are used for, for washing hands and stuff, okay? these big pots. And uh, Jesus said, fill them up with water, and then dip it out and take it to the master of the banquet. And, of course, Jesus turned it into wine um, as, as they were doing that. And what this guy shared with me is that this is, this is how it is when you and I read the Word. We are those empty vessels, and we fill ourselves with the water of the Word, because you know, the Bible talks about the, the Word of God being like water. We fill ourselves, we fill our hearts, our minds with the Word of God, and then it's there for that right time. Um, let me uh, let me let me go back to John fourteen twenty six again, because this is the other thing with the Holy Spirit. He says, "And He will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you." That's how it works. He can't you know, He can't bring something to remembrance that we've never read, right? So as we fill our vessels up with the Word of God, there may be, there may be an aha moment just that day. And the, and the more we depend on Him, okay, we're going to have those times. It's like, ah, I get this. 
And I, I, love, I love the Word of God because to, to me it's kind of like a spider web. It's all connected. Because I'll be reading along in Colossians and all of a sudden as I'm trying to figure out what this verse in Colossians chapter 2 is meaning, God is, is reminding me of a psalm. The Holy Spirit's reminding me of a psalm that, I, that I've read previously. And it's, oh, okay, that's how those two things fit together. And wait a minute, wasn't there something about Abraham that fits in that too? And I turn back to Genesis and there it is. And then this whole thing begins to take shape. Right? Well, he couldn't remind me of that psalm if I've never read the psalm. Or Abraham, you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. And I love it when he does that. And that, you, you notice I preach this way. Because rather than to just say, here's what Colossians says, I want to give people a principle from the Scriptures. This is solid. This is based. This isn't just the pastor's idea of, of what one New Testament verse says. There's too much of that going on. <laughs> too many people taking verses out of context. And, and it's just, I, we got to deal in principles. we got to deal in truth here. So the Holy Spirit not only gives us understanding... He teaches us all things, but also He's the one that brings those things that we've read into remembrance that uh, is there when we need it. There just at the right time. There when all of a sudden the dots begin to connect and we finally get it, right? So, that is... The Holy Spirit's job. One of the things that we can count on Him to do in our lives each and every day. But we have to give Him something to work with, don't we? So that's why I continue, continue. The, the longer I go in this Christian life, you know, turn over another calendar year, year after year after year after year after year, to me it all comes down to these two things. Prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word. I keep coming back to those two things. Prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word. That's the lifeline. Being in God's presence and the truth of God's Word getting into our hearts. Again, where we can use it, where we can apply it, where we can walk in it and not only experience the blessing and provision that God has for us, but that through our lives, we can touch the lives of others, like Tom was talking about this morning. One prayer. Two and a half years later, they remembered that prayer. That's, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. You never know how you can affect the life of someone else because, again, we're not relying on my strength and my wisdom and, and what I have to offer. We have unlimited supply of grace and blessing living in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you this year, this week, right, today, rely on Him. Bart said this morning, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, we, had, we had some moments of chaos in our home in the last couple of weeks. 
And I prayed that prayer. Lord, I can do all things, right? Through your strengthen me today. Let me be, uh, let me not respond to things in wrongness, but in Christ likeness. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we, again, because you don't have a personal name, we we have a tendency to kind of put you on the back burner. But we pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us, reveal your presence to us. Even this week, Lord, as we open your word and look to you to teach, look to you to guide, that, Lord, we would begin to see your activity in our lives, that we might respond to you, embrace you as that helper, as that mentor, as that teacher, and uh, see you do incredibly, incredible things in us and through us to touch the lives of others. Thank you for your incredible goodness to us. Be glorified in us, we pray. And it's through Jesus that we pray. All God's family said, Amen.